You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Recorded in Chicago, Illinois, with your hosts, Ken, Matt, Neil, and Jeff, this is Triviality. Hello, and welcome to Triviality, the game where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. This is Ken. I'm with Jeff and Neil in the studio, and Matt, you're in D.C., but you're you're still with us here on the call and in our hearts. How are you doing? I am, I am here, Skyping in into your hearts, I assume. Very, very much the same way as cholesterol. Mm. <laughs> That's I how thought, it gets there. I thought yeah. when you said he's still with us, it's like he is living. That's for that, sure. <laughs> well, he's, he's living. He hasn't gone yes. anywhere. Matt Watch 23, still alive. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the that tar experiment. It's like a very slow trip, right? Just it's like you're like a maple syrup. You just you're slowly dripping down the bark. Mm, yes. I don't I don't know what that means, but <laughs> I don't either. Neil's excited for today's game. I'm excited for today's game. Jeff? I'm also excited for today's game. Great. That's because we have some great guests today. I'm excited um, too. First but I'm of not all, playing. sorry guys. Yeah, you're you're scorekeeping, but you're gonna do <laughs> a great for, job uh, at that. that painted off, I've, been, I've been practicing. But uh, yeah, like I said, we have some great guests today. Let me start with our uh, contestant today. He's going to be playing with Neil. Uh, he's from Rochester, New Hampshire. He's an Oakland Five supporter, so thank you for that. And this is Donald Fuller. How you doing today? And uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Hello. I've I've recorded many, not well, not many, but a number of other trivia podcasts. That's other than that and listening to trivia i don't get out and do a lot for that i heard i heard you're a big zelda fan though oh yeah new game coming out at the end of the week already pre-ordered it probably have it beat before the before, before summer begins so yeah i'm excited for that as well jeff i bet you're you're excited to pick that one up um uh, in fact kingdom. i forgot that i could pre-order it and i'm doing it right now okay and so jeff is dressed <laughs> jeff is dressed like link right now too no pants. No pants, but he's got a sword <laughs> and he's got tights. <laughs> yes. Uh, it is Donald, we're, it is a we're, sheath sword, just so you guys it, know at home. Don't worry about that, it. That's right. Uh, Donald, we're going to partner today, uh, which I'm excited about. And uh, we wanted to do a play on the new game that's coming out. So what is our team name going to be today? It is Tears for Fears of the Kingdom. Tears for Fears of the Kingdom. Great play on words. Uh, yeah, me and Jeff are gonna team up today, and we were we we're laboring over coming up with another Zelda pun. We but settled we'll, on we'll, a little bit of a deeper cut. Yeah, we'll we'll reveal that in a second. But first, we have to uh, introduce our host today. 
Uh, he's from Minneapolis, Minnesota. Another Oakland Five supporter. So again, thank you very much. And this is Max Frank. Can you please tell us a little bit about yourself and welcome to the show? Yeah, I live up here in the Minneapolis area. I work as a staff member at a university. Um, I got into trivia during the pandemic, so most of my trivia is still online, but I get to in-person events here and there when I can. When I'm not doing trivia, I spend a lot of time rock climbing, playing ultimate frisbee and disc golf and just spending time outside. Ah, fellow rock climber. We'll have to, <laughs> we'll have to shoot the that later but uh, <laughs> let's uh, go ahead and uh, jump into our game all right so as we were saying we we're laboring over our team name at first we said uh earth wind waker and fire which yeah. is pretty good but we weren't quite satisfied i wasn't satisfied so we're gonna go with minish captain and Tenille. so we have our teams we just need our rules so take it away darren the rules of the game are simple. 20 questions split into two rounds worth 10 points apiece. At halftime, there'll be a special swing round designed by this week's host. After regulation, players will enter the final round with the points that they've accumulated and will have a chance to wager 0 to 30 points on five categorized questions. At the end of the game, someone will be named the cream of the crop. In you, Triviality, I'm talking to you. You know that I'm the cream of the crop. All right, Darren, uh, that was a pretty good Minnesotan accent, I believe. Uh, Max, how do you feel about that? I thought that was Hyrulean. Accent, oh, maybe it was actually. Hyrulean too. Maybe maybe Hyrulean <laughs> very comes, similar. comes from Minnesota. Yeah. I think all the Zelda games take place in Minnesota. I think yeah. that's okay. unknown lore. That makes sense. Uh, well, yeah, we're excited. Yeah, let's uh, let's get to the game. So we'll kick it off with question one in sports. In 2007, an exhibition match took place between Rafael Nadal and Roger Federer in Palma de Mallorca with the intent of balancing the two players' strengths. The unique court built specifically for this match cost $1.63 million and took 19 days to assemble. What was special about this court that was never used again in competitive play? Ken, we can lock in. It's these two, right? Yeah, you're good. Okay. All right. Uh, so, Donald, do you know anything about uh, tennis? I I know that there's three different kinds of court that they play on. Okay. You have clay, turf. I don't remember what the third one is. I think just grass, right? Just like a, a your classic grass. Probably. My guess is that it's got probably going to be something like that, where one half was one type of. Mm -hmm. It was the specialty of one guy and the other half was the specialty of the other guy. I really like that thinking, Donald. So what you're saying is maybe the court uh, was half and half. Maybe we're thinking like half clay, half grass, or we're just going to say it was like a mixed surface uh, type of court. Is that right? Right. Yeah. Um, one of them we know is known for being good on the grass and the other one is great on the clay. And so we said that the court was half of each. And that is correct. Half of the court was clay and half of the court was grass. Nice. So nice. points all around for question all one. Around. Uh, moving on to question two in zoology. The Priodontes maximus, native to the South American rainforests, is the world's toothiest land mammal with between 74 and 100 teeth. What type of animal is this that often consumes the entire population of a termite mound in a single meal? When, when I think toothy, the first thing that comes to mind is like the alligator or crocodile because of the size of the mouth itself. And they're always on they don't eat they don't they don't eat termites. That's my, correct. My, mama said 
Mama, Mama said alligators don't eat no termites. Um, yeah, so I, I think I do like the alligator with the teeth there. I mean, my, my gut instinct is telling me it's like an anteater of some sort because they always, they're sucking up bugs left and right. Sounds good. All right, cool. We'll lock in with anteater. Whoa, here it comes. Look out, Jeff. It's got some teeth. It's a... <laughs> it's got a long tongue, Ken. It's an anteater. <laughs> That's not how the song goes, Jeff. <laughs> anteater. Thank you. Well, unfortunately... Yes, and, Jeff. Yes, and. <laughs> unfortunately, no points here. Oh, no. Oh, really? Actually, anteaters actually do not have any teeth. They just swallow their meals whole. What we were looking for was the giant armadillo. Oh. oh. Did you know that the giant armadillo is the only animal that can get giant leprosy? <laughs> <laughs> okay, moving on from armadillos to geography. In question three, translating literally to nine dragons, what was the name of the densely populated area of Hong Kong that before being demolished in 1994, housed over 50,000 people in a 6.4-acre area, resulting in a population density of 5 million people per square mile. We are locked in. That's the Jeff question. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take you on a journey here, if you don't mind, Donald. Oh here we go. Oh, buckle up. Um, so I'm a big fan of, of Michael Connelly, the author, um, known for uh, the Harry Bosch novels, the, the Mickey Haller novels. If he gets this from Bosch, I'm going to leave the studio. And uh, there is That'll really hurt my chances. Uh, there is a book called Nine Dragons, which was part of one of the seasons of Bosch, a bunch of the plot lines with the FBI and the uh, the triad and and such. And I believe I could be way off on this, but the only name that's coming to me for Nine Dragons is Kowloon. Oddly enough, there's a Chinese food restaurant a couple of towns over called the Kowloon. Bye bye, Ken. Yeah, 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 I agree. I'll see you guys later. It's, uh, it is Kowloon Walled City. Yep, somehow through books and Chinese restaurants, you got to the correct answer of Kowloon <laughs> Walt City. We'll take anything we can get in trivia. Um, on to question four in movies. Some actors, even those with prolific filmographies, save their most important work for the end of their careers. What actor, best known for his role as Salvatore Tessio in The Godfather, also starred as an elderly employee of Good Burger in the 1997 film Good Burger. All right, Donald. Uh, do you like Godfather or Good Burger? I've <laughs> seen both movies. Both equally. I'm excited for films. Good Burger 2 when it comes out. <laughs> Unfortunately, this, this actor will not be featured. Uh, is he not available? He's not available. No, he's not. Uh, now, Donald, uh, do you have any idea on this person? Are you a fan of uh, the Conan O'Brien show? Speaking of proof of life watch, <laughs> yeah. that was the entire bit on Conan. That was. Um, so I'm not sure if you're familiar with this actor, Donald. Um, he, he kind of made a living off of being like the old guy that you were surprised was still alive. Um, his name was Abe Vigoda. I believe that's who we're that's, looking for. Yeah, that, that's the one. Now that now the, yeah, now I hear it, that, that's what clicks. Okay. Right. We said Abe Vigoda as well. Abe Vigoda is the correct answer. The no thing about the good burger, burger is it's the, the pickles and the mustard make it a burger you can't refuse. Uh, Ooh. Now, Max, um, is it true we saw on your, your sign-up sheet that you had a, a bathing suit picture of Abe Vigoda on your wall as a child? Is that right? Oh, yeah, definitely. It's in my bedroom right now, actually. All right. 
Keep this hell. <laughs> Maybe that'll be the poster for this episode. Abe Vigoda in a bathing suit. No, 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 no. I've already got the title. Oh, God. Is it giant leprosy? <laughs> it is giant leprosy. I'm just kidding. Okay, question five in music. The last few years have seen a rise in music copyright infringement cases, with Dua Lipa, Katy Perry, and Led Zeppelin all involved in recent high-profile lawsuits. But the case currently being litigated in 2023 alleges that Ed Sheeran copied his 2014 song Thinking Out Loud from what sensual 1973 soul hit. All right, uh, we are locked in, and uh, the case is resolved now. Uh, Ed Sheeran won, but uh, we're locked in. Um, Donald, uh, have you been following the news with the Ed Sheeran case? Yeah, I, I did see that it had been resolved and Ed Sheeran won it. I just, and do you remember the, are we looking for the artist, Max? Or are we looking for, uh, the song? The song. You're looking for the song. Okay. So I think Donald, I could be it, wrong, but I let's think. Let's get it on. I think you're right. I think you're hundred percent right. Uh, let's get it on. I, I'm, that's what my gut tells me as well. Do you want to lock that in? Yeah. Yep, and we also said let's get it on. Let's get it on is correct. I'm very happy Ed Sheeran won that. Otherwise, it would not have been good for the future of music. And I, I feel like uh, that was the Marvin Gaye version, not DMX going, let's get it on, get it on the floor. Get it. <laughs> right, right, Matt? Uh, that, that is 100% correct. And both teams getting it on so far, 40 points out of 50 so far. It's tied up 40 to 40. Let's get it on with the second part of this round. Right, moving on to question six, the category is words. Enthusiasts of various activities often like to use complicated words to describe their interests. For example, a lover of words is called a logophile. Possibly a former hobby of Ewan McGregor, ferroequinology is a humorous term used to describe the study of what? Okay, uh, Jeff thinks he knows that it's not uh, the study of big fish, um, but uh, yeah, we're locked in. That's uh, ferro is like the the term for iron. Equine term for horse. Okay. So the iron it's horse. The study of Bon Jovi. Motorcycles. I so Donald, I I think we're you you picked the right partner because I think we're on the same wavelength here. Hugh McGregor has uh, a couple films where he travels the country with like, his brother or his friend uh, riding motorcycles. Um, you know, for really long distances, and they go on, you know, massive journeys. So I think you're right. I think it's the uh, study of motorcycles, if you want to go with that. Yeah, I'm uh, fairly certain that one of the things that Ewan McGregor really enjoys is uh, motorcycle riding. Um, I believe the two things that you're talking about are um, the long way down, where he drives, like, from Europe through Africa. And he had he the high ground. He went down. Yeah, and then he does the long way round, where him and his friend um, bike around the world. So... Unfortunately, I think I led you astray with the Ewan McGregor clue. I was trying to reference the movie Train Spotting. This is the study of trains. Oh, that makes a lot of sense as well. Iron, Iron Horse. Yes, yep. Iron Horse was the correct breakdown of that word, but it was a little older of a object. Well, you got brownie points, Donald. That's okay. Uh, question seven in television. The American version of the improvisational comedy television show Whose Line Is It Anyway has aired for 18 seasons between its original run on ABC, ABC Family and the 2010s reboot on The CW. Six people have appeared on over 200 episodes between the two runs. For 10 points, name any three of these people. Five bonus points will be given if you can name all six. Full names are required. 
All right, so I talked to Donald. It looks like we had a very similar list, but I'm going to let him run with it because he got them all right, uh, at least what we believe is right, uh, right away. So we have Ryan Stiles, Craig Proops, Wayne Brady, Drew Carey, Aisha Tyler, <laughs> Colin Mockery. Okay, and for our list, uh, we're going to go from the ones that we're sure of to the ones that we're least sure of. We said Ryan Stiles, Colin Mockery, Wayne Brady, Greg Proops, Drew Carey, and Laura Hall. Mm. So both teams are getting 10 points, but no bonus points will be given. You all got Colin Mockery, Ryan Stiles, Wayne Brady, and Drew Carey. The other two were Laura Hall and Linda Taylor, who was the other musician that often showed mm. on the show. Oh, the guitar player. Aisha Tyler had only hosted about 180 or so episodes and hadn't quite made it to 200. And see, I couldn't remember when they brought the guitarist on, so I thought that was later. Yeah, but I, Laura, I remember Laura Hall, that's right, because she did all the hoedowns with uh, Wayne Brady, which were always fun. Yeah. Okay, question eight in a much simpler question in the category of literature. What author whose first and last names both resemble names of dog breeds, won the Pulitzer Prize in 1966 for his novel, The Fixer. So, so I'm just going off of this based on um, the clue that Max gave, which I thought was great, um, dog names or resemble dog names, first and last names. Um, so in high school, I did a book report uh, and we had to choose uh, from a, a bunch of different books that you know, I didn't really want to read or whatever, but one of the books was based on a movie, which I loved. It was one of my dad's favorite movies, one of my favorite movies called The Natural with Robert Redford. Um, and I remember actually reading that book to do the book report, and it was by an author named Bernard Malamud. Um, and <laughs> I, and it sounds like a dog name, and a lot of his books had two-word titles like The Something or Blah Blah. So I'm just... let. Do you want to go Bernard Malamud? Yeah, that sounds... Better than can't, anything I grew up with. that answer. <laughs> okay, we'll lock that in. All right, we're just saying Jack Russell because we have no idea. We've never heard of Bernard Malamud. <laughs> Once again, Neil pulls it from a movie. It is Bernard oh, Malamud. Yeah. <laughs> That's why. The Natural is a great movie if you haven't seen it. Question nine in historical figures. In September 2021, the International Astronomical Union named a lunar crater after Matthew Henson an African-American explorer who was part of Robert Perry's expeditions and is said to be the first person to reach what geographic landmark? It could be the North Pole or the South Pole. Yeah, as Matt knows, uh, also a massive Bears fan like me, uh, we have a, a GM named Ryan Poles, so I was thinking it must have been one of the Poles. Um, do you have any inkling if it's like the North or the South? I don't know which one would be harder to get to or explore. I almost want to say it was associated with a north a northern expedition. Okay, you have more more uh, background on this. It sounds like than I do. We can go north if you'd like. Okay, so they're going north. Um, we too are going to go north. Both teams are correct. This is the North Pole. And question ten, the final question of the first round, is in politics. I'm going to read a comment made by Mitt Romney at a 2018 campaign dinner from which I have redacted the name of a food item. I just want you to fill in the blank with the name of this food item. The quote, my favorite meat is blank, by the way. That is my favorite meat. My second favorite meat is hamburger. And everyone says, oh, don't you prefer steak? It's like, I know steaks are great, but I like blank best. And I like hamburger next best. <laughs> <laughs> Classic myth. 
Now this this quote was from Mitt Romney like a couple years ago, not Mitt Romney in 1954. <laughs> Mitt Romney in 2018, which is sometimes hard to tell from Mitt Romney in 1954. All right. The, so the basis of our answer picking on this one is which one sounds funniest in the blank. So we picked an answer. All right, Donald, I think I have an idea on this one, and I think it also aligns with what I think would sound the funniest because you would think it would be a meat, but I think what he names is not a meat. It is a type of collection of meats. Um, I don't know if you have a guess, but I'm thinking my favorite meat is hot dog, which isn't a meat because it sounds so weird, and it would make sense that he would say that repeatedly. My my brain, when it was listening to this, went all the way straight into the gutter, so... <laughs> we can go with that. Okay, yeah, we'll 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 stay uh, pretty clean here. We'll say hot dog. We we contemplated hot dog, but what did we end up going with? We're saying my favorite meat is ribs. <laughs> well, well, like the true American Mitt Romney is, his favorite meat is hot dog. <laughs> Him and Joey Chestnut. I thought that was too stupid. So let's hear it. My favorite meat is hot dog, by the way. That is my favorite meat. My second favorite meat is hamburger. And everyone says, oh, don't you prefer steak? It's like, I know steaks are great, but I like hot dogs the best. And I like hamburger next best. My favorite thing and is also, he... Also, I like turtles. He must Mitt have... Robbie, aged five. He had a political consultant be like, look, you want to appeal to every American. What do Americans like? Hot dogs. What else do they like? Hamburgers. Okay? And humor. And humor. But don't say steaks because that's for the elite. You're an elite, but you eat steaks. But you want to say hamburger, hot dog, and it's like, oh, my God. Yeah, it's like, yeah. What is this multimillionaire actually like? It's not hot dogs. Like, let's be honest. All right. After the first round, it is 60 points. For uh, the Minish Captain and Tennille, and 80 points for the Tears for Feardom Kingdoms, whatever you guys are. Tears of Tears for Fears of the Kingdom. Ah, okay. Yes. Uh, well, thank you, Matt, for the score update. Uh, just a quick thank you to Max and Donald for being Patreon supporters. We appreciate it. If you'd like to join them, you can go to patreon.com slash trivialitypodcast to get a bunch of extra audio bonus content as well as uh, all of our new episodes ad-free. If you uh, donate uh, for as little as a dollar a month, you can get those uh, episodes ad free uh, but yeah if you just like to support the show help us continue to grow uh, we'd appreciate you checking out patreon.com slash triviality podcast and if not and you, you can't make a contribution there we have a lot of great other places that you can help uh, contribute to the show whether that's our t public store following us on social media at triviality pod or joining one of our groups on facebook known as the crop or on discord we have a nice discord channel there um, and if you really really love matt and you just want to see his mug uh, more than uh, twice a month you can go to uh, twitch.tv slash triviality matt where he does some monthly streams is that right matt that is correct uh, usually the third saturday of the month awesome all right max what do we have in store for the swing round today so for the swing round today for each question i'm going to describe three people who all share a first name and i just need you to give me the first name that they share spellings may differ but it'll all be pronounced the same okay so question one a lawyer on the television show suits a 1970s American gay rights activist, a Batman villain portrayed by Tommy Lee Jones and Misha Collins. Question two, a current U.S. Supreme Court justice, a 2014 Tony Award winner for their role in Hedwig and the Angry Inch, and a member of the band Rush. Question three, the actress who received an Academy Award nomination for Junebug, an actress who won a Golden Globe Award for Parks and Recreation, and the British singer who won five Grammy Awards in 2008. 
Question four, a Danish and Norse king who lent his name to a technology standard, a boy with a purple crayon, and a sprinter featured in the film Chariots of Fire. Question five, rock climbing subject of the film Free Solo, drummer for the band Van Halen, host of the game shows High Rollers and Classic Concentration, among others. Question six, the current king of Sweden, the musician who wrote Kung Fu Fighting, the former host of NPR quiz show Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Question seven, a famous 12th century flatulist, a Frankish military leader featured in the oldest known piece of French literature, and a German film director known primarily for his disaster films. Question eight, a cast member of Zoe 101 on Nickelodeon, a notable Ray Charles impersonator, and a British chef known for their television and charitable work. Question nine, a Kardashian, a member of the Highwaymen, and the winner of season eight of American Idol. And question 10, one King of England, four presidents of the United States, 21 popes of the Catholic Church. All right, we have our questions for the swing round. We'll consider these names and we'll be back after these messages. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to From Beneath the Hollywood Sign. If you love old movies, Hollywood history, or the golden age of filmmaking, you've come to the right place. This is the podcast that talks about amazing stories of Tinseltown from another era and fascinating conversations with writer-producer Steve Kubine and actress-writer Nan McNamara. One particular argument, he ended up dislocating Ava's jaw. <gasps> Ava, she was such a tough cookie. Rather than cry or scream or anything like that, she... Was, or call the police. Or call the police, like she should have, exactly. <laughs> What does she do? She takes an ashtray and she knocks him over the head and knocks him unconscious. That's how she fought back. She didn't know what to do, so she called Louis B. Mayer. I think I've killed Howard Hughes. What do I do? Revisit a time when the pictures were still big and everyone was ready for their close-up. When you want Tyrone Power instead of Tom Hardy, Jennifer Jones instead of Jennifer Lawrence, or Robert Mitchum rather than Robert Pattinson, then From Beneath the Hollywood Sign is the gin joint for you. And we are back with our answers. Uh, I think we did pretty well on this, but we will see. Can we have the questions one more time? And we will give our answers as we go. Sure. So question one was a lawyer on the television show Suits, a 1970s American gay rights activist, and a Batman villain portrayed by Tommy Lee Jones and Misha Collins. Go ahead and say it how I know you want to say it. <laughs> Harvey Dent. And we said Harvey too. That is Harvey. Harvey Specter from Suits, Harvey Milk, and Harvey Dent. Uh, question two, the current U.S. Supreme Court Justice, the 2014 Tony Award winner, and a member of the band Rush. We said Neil. Yeah, we also said Neil, spelled the wrong way. It is Neil. I think Neil Pert does spell his name with an A, I believe, but the rest do spell it with an I. Oh, nice. Um, question three, the actress who received an Academy Award nomination for Junebug. 
the actress who won a Golden, Golden Globe for Parks and Rec, and the British singer who won five Grammys in 20, 2008. We said Amy. We also think this is Amy. Amy is correct. Amy Adams, Amy Poehler, and Amy Winehouse. Number four seemed to bring a bit of trouble to some of the teams. Um, a Danish and Norse king who lent his name to a technology standard, a boy with a purple crayon, and a sprinter featured in the film Chariots of Fire. Uh, we said Harold. Ooh, that sounds really good. Uh, we had no idea, and, and we thought, uh, Donald, I'll let you take this one because I think it's this one you'll remember. Oh, just to throw a name out there, we just said Donald. The answer was Harold. Harold Bluetooth was the king. Harold and the Purple Crayon is a popular children's book. And then Harold Abrahams was in the film. Uh, question five, the rock climbing subject of the film Free Solo, drummer for the band Van Halen, and host of High Rollers and Classic Concentration. Uh, we went as far as the rock climber and just said Alex. We went as far as Van Halen. We said Alex. It is Alex. Alex Honnold is the rock climber. Alex Van Halen is the drummer for Van Halen. And Alex Trebek hosted those two game shows. Mm -hmm. Didn't want to do Jeopardy because that would be too easy. Fun fact <laughs> Fun fact about Van Halen. Uh, when they originally started, uh, Eddie was on drums and Alex was on guitar, but they realized that they should play the other instrument and they switched. Oh, yeah. Uh, question six. The current king of Sweden, the musician who wrote Kung Fu Fighting, and former host of the NPR quiz show, Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. We said Carl. And we said Carl as well. That is Carl. Carl the 16th Gustav, Carl Douglas, and Carl Castle. Question seven. A famous 12th century flatulist, the Frankish military leader featured in French literature, and a German film director known primarily for his disaster film. We had... Almost no idea, so we picked a German director who might uh, do a disaster movie and said Werner. We we thought about that, but uh, we also knew that there was another German director who basically makes only um, disaster movies, and we went with Roland for Roland Emmerich. Mm. Roland is correct. It is Roland Emmerich, Roland from the Song of Roland, and then Roland the Farter was a 12th century flatulist that King Henry II loved so much, he gave this man a manor and 30 acres of land in return for performing one jump, a whistle, and a fart every year at Christmas. <laughs> that that might be the it's best deal, deal ever. That's a great deal. So this is no joke. I had heard that story. I was like, there's like some famous farter, but I couldn't pull it. I could do that job. <laughs> yeah, right. That's that's a job in any economy. That I would, you do. I would I do twice that much for fifteen title. acres. That is the deal of a millennial. I was just telling Jeff I had a room clearer just yesterday. <laughs> and you and how many acres did you get for that? Zero. Exactly. Zero acres. Bad deal. <laughs> okay, on the question eight, the cast member of Zoe One Hundred One, a notable Ray Charles impersonator, and a British chef known for their television and charitable work. Uh, we said Jamie. We said Jamie. It is Jamie. Jamie Lynn Spears, Jamie Foxx, and Jamie Oliver. Question nine. A Kardashian, a member of the Highwaymen, and the winner of season eight of American Idol. Well, uh, in honor of Kim Coates, we said Kim can possibly be a guy's name too, so we said Kim. Yeah, this one, uh, Donald uh, got in the end. Uh, initially, I said, you know, who's in the Highwaymen, the country music star who had a lot of cocaine, and and uh, Donald's like, I don't think that really narrows it down. Um, but then we were trying to figure out the last Highwaymen, and uh, Donald said Chris, and that is the matriarch of the Kardashian family, so that's what we locked in with. 
Yes, it is Chris. Chris Jenner, Chris Christofferson from The Highwaymen, mm. and Chris Allen, who I'd completely forgot about until I wrote this question. <laughs> and then the final question, number 10. One king of England, four presidents of the United States, and 21 popes of the Catholic Church. I think we determined that uh, there are f four Johns. Is that what we said? Four Johns as president, and uh, probably only one John as uh, king because uh, he was considered a usurper, so we said John. And uh, we thought maybe Roland had a uh, special, you know, king decreed Porta John. Um, we thought John fit well, so we said John as well. John is correct. One king of England, four presidents, Adams, Quincy Adams, Tyler, and Kennedy, and then 21 popes. All right. After that swing round, uh, looks like uh, Donald and Neil adding 45 points, doing very well, bringing their score to 125. And Neil and Ken adding 40 points, bringing it to 100, a high-scoring affair. Let's get going with the second round. Okay. Second round is pretty much the same as the first, basically the same categories, just 10 new questions. So question one of round two is in sports again. In the 2020-2021 NBA season, 75.99% of players were born in the USA. Second place goes to Canada at 3.57% of players. What is the next country on this list with 2.18% of the league, which translates to 11 players? We are locked in with a guess. So Donald, I'm thinking, I could be off, but I'm thinking like maybe Eastern Europe somewhere. What do you think? I was kind of thinking maybe Northern Europe, like Norwegian area. Okay. Uh, any any specific country? Typically, can tend to be tall up there. Yeah. Do you want to? What do you think about Norway? If you like the Norwegian angle. Norway sounds good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we'll lock in with Norway. Spain won a medal in the Olympics in basketball very recently, so we said Spain. Spain was a little closer than Norway. The correct answer is actually France. Mm. Oh, wow. Mm. Didn't expect no that points. one. No Tony, points there. Tony Parker, Matt's favorite player. Not playing in 2021. He was retired. <laughs> uh, question 12 is in zoology. What bird, whose name was derived from Anglo-French and Medieval Latin, is the provincial bird of Nova Scotia, Canada, and is pictured on the logo of the Seattle NFL team? Critically, this bird is also the name of a manufacturer of outdoor backpacks. So as far as this question is concerned, uh, I'm looking at it from the backpack angle, um, and I'm just thinking of different backpack brands. I know there's, uh, is it Rule? Or maybe that's something else. I think it's Rule. And then Arcturix is one. Osprey is another backpack brand. Um, but I'm not sure if it's Rule, Arcturix, or Osprey, if any of those are birds. Do you have any idea on that one? Oh, I know Osprey is a bird. Okay. Um, I mean, that's as good as I'm going to get from my end of uh, naming backpack brands. But if you know Osprey is a bird, you want to just uh, hedge our bets on that one? Yeah. Okay. We'll lock it in. Matt, what was you don't the... Think it's the Seattle Jan Sports? <laughs> <laughs> Matt, do you remember the 80s game where the Osprey would always come in and ruin like your time as a fish? Something like, like it was kind of like the Oregon Trail type I era. I have no idea what you're talking about. That's a shame. Anyways, um, we went with Arcteryx, right, Ken? Osprey is a good answer as a seabird. Well, Osprey is in fact a bird and is the correct answer to this question. Uh, the game I was thinking of is Odell Lake. The Osprey would always come and ruin my day. Mm. Just like Odell Beckham. That's what he's named after. He ruins your team. 
<laughs> he did not play for the Seattle NFL team. Also, <laughs> never heard of Osprey as a backpack company, so I have to look it up. It's expensive. That's why I've never heard of it. <laughs> Question 13 in geography. On what London street was the first Madame Tussauds Wax Museum opened in 1835? This museum moved around the corner in 1884, though, before Jerry Rafferty had a chance to visit. Yeah, we're locked in. Gotta be Baker Street. All right, I, I like it. Let's uh, lock in with Baker Street. Ken and I wound our way down onto Baker Street for this answer. Baker Street is the correct answer. 221B. So I was look I was listening to Baker Street the other day, and I thought to myself, when Jerry Rafferty first heard the sax riff, was he just like? <laughs> and then I I had to find out if he actually wrote it or not. It turns out it was a whole legal thing, but it turns out they think he did write the original riff. But hmm. I thought the sax riff there isn't much to that song. Yeah. <laughs> uh, question fourteen in movies. What movie is missing from the following list? Atonement, Juno, Michael Clayton, There Will Be Blood. We can lock in uh, if you want, Donald, let them talk. Okay. So I believe these were nominated for Best Picture in that given year. And okay. then we're looking for the winner. Okay, so this, oh, There Will Be Blood didn't win. Mm -mm. Okay, so this is what, 2006? films in 2007 like 2007 to 2008 around there okay um you know what jeff this might have been the uh no country for old men year does that sound about right um yeah we're within a year or so for sure all right we'll go with no country for old men this is one of my favorite years in recent past uh, i probably would have preferred there will be blood over the uh, the winner but i also absolutely love michael clayton one of the best screenplays of all time but we said no country for old men no Country for Old Men is correct. These were 2008's Best Picture nominees and the winner. And question number five of the second round in music. In classical music, the curse of the ninth is a superstition hatched by Gustav Mahler, but also applies to Beethoven, Schubert, and Vaughn Williams. Mahler thought he avoided this curse by writing Das Lied van der Erde after completing his symphony number eight, but still succumbed to his fate a few years later. What is this curse that, according to Philip Glass, is a jinx that every composer thinks about? Strange. We can lock in. Yeah, we can. I guess we can lock in, too. So we, uh, you'll hear on the, the episode before this one, we had a similar question, but it was the opposite, uh, talking about, I think, what the answer was. But you gave us the, uh, the extra info, which was great. So yeah, we'll lock in as well. And mind you, the, these are recorded one hour apart, so there's no, yeah, right. no way one could have known about the other. But... Uh, we're going to say the uh, the Ninth Symphony. Yep. Uh, ninth Symphony. Yes, this is the composer dying after writing their Ninth Symphony. Points for both teams. Hopefully we don't, uh, there's no like ninth year of podcasting curse. <laughs> <laughs> Much like the superstition in floors, we're going to just skip right to our 10th year. All right, Neil and Donald adding 40 points with a really strong start to this round, getting up to 165. And Ken and Jeff adding 30 points, uh, widening that gap a little bit. It's 130 to 165. Okay, we're back to question six. The category is words. In 2005, VH1 launched a new block of programming anchored by the surreal life, 
which features C-list and D-list personalities placed into a communal living environment. What portmanteau, thought to be coined by Michael Gross of the Toronto Star, was used to describe this genre? All right, we'll say that this is a uh, uh, TPT, Trash Panda TV. We said unreality TV. Ooh, you're closer. We're close. Matt, do you want to give us this answer? Uh, I believe this is celebreality. This is celebreality. Wow. <laughs> Combination of the words celebrity and reality. So no points there. But they were seeing to... D-list. <laughs> Anyways. Moving on to question 17 in television. The Lenkov verse is a set of three interconnected television reboots developed by Peter Lenkov that all share a fictional universe. I'd like you to name all three of these television shows. Here are some hints to help you out. One involves a crime task force based on a Pacific island. Another centers around a man who can get out of jams using little more than a paperclip. And the final show features a former Navy SEAL turned private investigator. I know we can lock in on this one. All right, I'll 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 trust you. So I think these are the uh, the CWDC shows, right? Arrow, Flash, and um, something of tomorrow. What's what's that show called? Another centers around a man who can get out of jams using a little more than a paper, paper clip. Isn't that uh, MacGyver? T- crime Task Force based on a Pacific island. I feel I thought that was just like Hawaii Five O and like mcgruver mcgruber and ah, mcgruver always grooving to 70s jams hey guys just give me a paper clip and a nice vinyl and i'm gonna have a good time i'm still trying to figure out a portmanteau from the previous question um mcgruver <laughs> mcgruver um navy seal turned private investigator do you i mean i don't know if they're the i don't know if they're the arrowverse cw shows I thought Peter Lenkoff was older. Okay. I mean, fictional universe could be anything, right? It doesn't have to be like hard yeah. fiction. Yeah. Um, so MacGyver, Hawaii Five-0, and... Navy SEAL turned private investigator. Is that like Magnum PI or something? Yeah. All right. It is, in, it is indeed Hawaii Five-0, MacGyver, and Magnum PI. That is correct. Those are the three shows. I spent a lot of time early on in COVID binge-watching these when I had nothing better to do. And it was definitely amusing, yet not very great television. Uh, Question 18 is in literature. This man was born in 1916 in Cardiff, Wales. He served as a fighter pilot in World War II before beginning his prolific literary career. Who is this author who also adapted two Ian Fleming novels into very successful screenplays? Donald, I can lock in for this one if you want. I I, I know the the James Bond fact of it all. Oh, he was in the military. All right, let's go with Ian Fleming himself. Let's not get let's not get jammed up with this. Uh, so yeah, Ian Fleming was in the Secret Services uh, in intelligence, if you will. Um, I'm only coming at this from the James Bond angle because I have no idea if they were born in Cardiff or in World War II. But uh, I know for a fact Roald Dahl uh, adapted to screenplays of James Bond. So that we locked in with. Correct answer is Roald Dahl. He adapted wow. You Only Live Twice and then Chitty Chitty Bang Bang was the other Ian Fleming novel that he turned oh. into a movie. He had a lot of snozberries to get through those, those scripts. Okay, question 19 is in video games. 
Braid is a puzzle platformer game designed by Jonathan Blow, released in 2008 to high acclaim, eventually becoming the highest rated title on Xbox Live. Immediately after its release, Blow used the profits of this game in the next eight years to work on his follow-up project, released in 2016. What is the name of this mist-inspired open-world puzzle game, which sold over 100,000 copies within a week of its release? I have an idea of what it might be. Never actually played it myself, but maybe. All right, so this one's uh, painful for us because I played it. I can picture it. I know what it is, and I just the the name is slipping me. So we have to tap, unfortunately. But uh, can't wait to hear it. Yep, Donald, uh, you said you might have an idea on this one. I had absolutely no idea. The only game that comes to mind, uh, I'm not 100 sure if it's correct, but. I know it's a open world puzzle. It's the forest. The correct answer is actually the witness. witness. You were close with the double no. words, but couldn't quite get there. Yeah, I was saying window, <laughs> willow. You're telling me, kid. You're telling me, kid, they made a video game out of my movie? <laughs> Harrison, it's not about you. It's not about you. It's about the Amish people. And on to final, on to question 10, the final question of regulation, we're back to politics. On April 28, 2011, a British politician was urged by his assistant to search Twitter for a recent article about himself. Unfortunately, he entered the search term in the wrong box and created one of the most iconic tweets of all time. What is the name of this man who created this iconic two-word post? So I remember when this came out, and it was funny because he put his name, obviously, uh, like Max said, I think his last name is Balls, but I cannot think of his first name. So it's something Balls. And Harry? That's, it might be Harry. I don't it's know. a popular British name. Um, so I, I think it's Blue? Balls, Donald, but if, if you want to go Harry or we can go, you know, uh, Ample, I, whatever you want to say. <laughs> I don't know. Is it Hugh J. Balls? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> So this is a this is a fun fact. I know I don't know if this is a, a British politician, but there is a person who served as the Republican mayor for Fort Wayne, Indiana, who was named Harry William Balls. That's so, excellent. Uh, from 1934 to 1947. So we'll, so we'll honor Harry William Balls. We'll just say Harry Balls because I, I know it's Balls, and I know the answer is going to be Balls, but I can't think of the first name for the last name Balls. Can well, that, well, that's fantastic. We just said David Cameron, famous uh, prime minister, but. Uh, What's the what's the correct answer? The man in question is Ed Balls. Oh, that's right. <laughs> and the whole too. tweet was just him tweeting his name Ed Balls. He did <laughs> not know how to delete tweet. This tweet still exists in perpetuity on the internet. Like a Pokemon, Ed Balls, Ed <laughs> Balls. <laughs> yes, and a belated happy Ed Balls day to everyone out there as well. It uh, the score going to those who celebrate. Yeah, obviously. Uh, the score going into the final, Donald and Neil with a slight lead with 185 points. Uh, Jeff and Ken uh, bringing up the rear with 140. Uh, anyone's game going into the final? Let's get some categories. So your categories for the final round are Jackie, Tito, Marlon, Michael, and Jermaine. All right, since we're behind, Manish, Captain Antoniel doing 30s all the way down, except for Michael because we don't have enough points, so we're doing 20 on that one. The other team going conservative with fives all the way down. So let's get the questions. So question one in Jackie. 
Jackie Chan, in addition to his prolific musical career, is probably best known for portraying Chief Inspector Lee in the Rush Hour series of films. The original Rush Hour movie features an iconic scene where he and co-star Chris Tucker sing and dance to what song by Motown artist Edward Starr? Question two in Tito. Tito's handmade vodka, distilled in Austin, Texas, is made from yellow corn rather than potatoes or wheat. Zabrówka, a popular Polish vodka, is flavored with what type of grass, named for an animal with distinct North American and European species? Question three in Marlon. Marlon Wayans, an actor known for his roles in Requiem for a Dream and the 2000 Dungeons and Dragons film, also starred in the WB sitcom The Wayans Brothers. The Wayans Brothers only aired for five seasons, less than half the life of the network itself. Debuting within a year of the Waynes Brothers, what drama series about a Protestant minister and his family aired for 10 seasons, making it the longest-running series in the history of the WB? Question 4 in Michael. Michael Jordan, in addition to owning the Charlotte Hornets, owns and operates 2311 Racing, a NASCAR team that fields Bubba Wallace and Tyler Reddick as their main drivers. However, for one race in early 2023, they added car number 67 to their roster, driven by what man who first rose to prominence as a motocross competitor in the early days of the X Games? And question five in Germain. Germain was the most difficult name for me to clue, so here's where you get your Jackson 5 question. Three of the Jackson 5 songs have been inducted into the Grammy Hall of Fame. Name all three for full points. We have our questions. We'll be right back to see who will be today's cream of the crop after these messages. Hey there, I'm Dylan Lewis, one of the hosts of Motley Fool Money. Each weekday on Motley Fool Money, we talk through the business news you need to know and the stories moving stocks on Wall Street. On weekends, we dive into the industries shaping tomorrow and host the experts, authors, and executives that understand them. Tune in for insights, a long-term perspective on investing, and of course, stock ideas, plenty of them. To quote a listener, it pays to listen. Check us out and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more— We answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. The nerds will give you the clarity you need by cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. We don't promote get-rich-quick schemes or hype unrealistic side hustles. Instead, we offer practical knowledge that you can apply in your everyday life. You'll learn about strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And we are back from our deliberations. Uh, We'll see how it goes and see who will be today's cream of the crop. Again, we wagered 30 points all the way down, except for number four with 20 points. And you guys were conservative with five points. Let's get the questions. Hey, question number one was in Jackie. The original Rush Hour movie features an iconic scene where Jackie Chan and co-star Chris Tucker sing and dance to what song by Motown artist Edward Starr? 
um, for 30 points, we said war. What is it good for? It is war. Yes, both teams are correct. This is the song War. Uh, question two in Tito. Unlike Tito's handmade vodka, Zabrówka is a popular Polish vodka, which is flavored with what type of grass named for an animal with distinct North American and European species? We literally just said, we took the word American and said what comes after that, and we said bison. Bison grass? Is that a thing? We don't know. We said bison. And we're not sure if you're going to hear this portion, but we had a, a coin, and we said, uh, well, crabgrass maybe, and then we came up with a random animal, bison, and we just flipped it, and it landed on bison. So that's what we locked in with as well. Bison grass is correct. No way. <laughs> well. Question three I'm in going Marlin. To pick bison's grass. <laughs> <laughs> uh, question three in Marlin. Marlin Waynes, besides starring in Requiem for a Dream and the 2000 Dungeons and Dragons film, also starred in the WB sitcom The Waynes Brothers. What show that debuted within a year of The Waynes Brothers about a Protestant minister and his family aired for 10 seasons, making it the longest running series in the history of the WB? I don't think Soul Man with Dan Aykroyd lasted that long, so we said Seventh Heaven. We too went with Seventh Heaven. And Seventh Heaven is correct. Uh, question four in Michael. Michael Jordan, in addition to owning the Charlotte Hornets, owns and operates 2311 Racing, a NASCAR team. And in early 20, 2023, they added car number 67 to their roster, driven by what man who first rose to prominence as a motocross competitor in the early days of the X Games? Yeah, so we put 20 points down on this one, and I'm pretty sure he's big into motor racing now. Uh, used to spend a lot of time with Ken Block before he passed away, tragically. Uh, we think this is Travis Pastrana. Yeah, I do remember Travis Pastrana also racing for a while stepping away and i guess he came back then we went with travis pastrana he did indeed come back and the answer is travis pastrana and then question five and jermaine here was your jackson five question three of the jackson five songs have been inducted into the grammy hall of fame name all three of them for 30 points we said abc i'll be there and i want you back and we said the exact same songs just after some lovely karaoke renditions of I'll Be There, both teams came to the correct answer of I'll Be There, I Want You Back, and ABC. All right. Today, it looks like fortune did favor the bold. Uh, both teams doing really well in the final. Just some light wagering over with Neil and Donald. Uh, ending up with 210 points, but today's cream of the crop is the Minish Captain and Tennille with 280 points. I'm unjustifiably in a position that I would rather not be in. But the cream, the cream will rise all the way to the top. I, I'll say the star of this game, though, was really Max and his questions, because those were wonderful questions. Now, Max, uh, before we let you go, we, we'd love that you wrote this game for us. You put it together. You're a, a new patron, which we appreciate. Uh, anyone you'd like to give a shout out to? Any, any parting words before we uh, let you go today? Yeah, I just want to thank the playtesters who had a chance to look over this game for me. And then for all of my friends who at least feign interest when I tell them unsolicited fun facts that I learned from <laughs> trivia. They're used to that. <laughs> well, thank you so much. And Donald, uh, it was such a pleasure playing with you today. I felt like uh, we complimented each other. And uh, when you knew one that I didn't, I knew one that you didn't. And uh, it was a great partnership today. But uh, any shout outs, any, anyone you'd like to say hello to before we let you go today? I'm going to say hello to... Whoever I either end up playing this for or sending one to this for, 
<laughs> All right. Well, that's, uh, that sounds good. So anyone who Donald sends this link to is listening now, hello. And uh, make sure you take out Donald for a nice steak dinner because uh, he played valiantly today. Or hot dogs. If a you hot prefer. dog dinner, I think. Hot dog dinner. Yeah, right. With some Polish vodka. And tell his the... favorite meat. Well, thank you once again to Max and Donald for joining us today. Before we head out, we just wanted to tell you that we are a part of the Airwave Media Network, which you can find at airwavemedia.com. And if you'd like, you can check out a bunch of other shows on the network. Uh, and Ken, uh, anything that you've had your eye on for, uh, for a little bit here? How about The Art of Crime? The Art of Crime, that sounds like something right up my alley. How about, how about... Know, I love uh, war history, so how about The History of the Great War? Okay. And I know what scares you. All right. Well, you definitely know what scares me, Ken, but I guess if we want to Feet. find out... That's true. Uh, you have to check out the podcast called I Know It Scares You. But uh, yeah, It's a to... very short podcast with featuring Neil. That's it's right. Just feet. And then it ends. And that's it's it. just feet. Uh, well, thank you, Airwave Media. And uh, thank you to Max and Donald for uh, Matt, Max, Donald, Ken, and Jeff. My name is Neil. And that was Triviality.